and sit. It's okay. But if you want to stand and stretch out, then go ahead and stand. Amen. It's a custom that we stand. And why we stand? I can give you a lot of reasons why we stand. Um, but just off of sheer principle, if you go to the courts, when the judge coming in the courtroom, the judge, man like me and you that have flaws and faults, almighty don't have none. So the least we can do when we open up his word to get into it, we can just reverence him. So it's a custom. And so I think it's a great custom. There's nothing in the Bible that says that you have to do it. But I just say it's a great custom to do. I've been to many courtrooms for many people. And all right, the honorable judge, blah, 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 blah. And you got to stand. So I stand for the judge. I'm going to stand for Jesus. No problem at all. No problem at all. Genesis chapter 2, amen, verse number 7. The word of the Lord says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 6 says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Why he didn't say Adam and Eve? Why the Lord didn't call to Adam and Eve? It says the Lord called to Adam. I thought they both ate. Just something to think about as we go into this lesson. They both ate, but he called one person's name. Hmm. He called Adam. Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. One more passage of scripture before we pray and get into the word today. Ezekiel 18. Ezekiel 18 verse number 1. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, this is Ezekiel the prophet said the Lord spoke to him. The word of the Lord came to him. What mean ye that you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel saying, the fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set 
on edge. This is the Lord speaking through the prophet. You see, question mark. What the Lord is saying, what's the story which you all keep using this proverb? You, you, you say this all the time. Verse number three. This is the Lord speaking. As I live, saith the Lord God, ye shall not have occasion anymore to use this proverb in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. A lot of reading. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for what you are doing already and what you will do before we leave this place. Lord, we give you honor and praise. We worship and adore you. We ask, Lord God, that hearts will be changed. The Spirit of God will fill the hearts of many. Healing will take place and deliverance certainly will take place. Lord, we look to you. We entreat your presence because you alone are worthy and only you are all-powerful and almighty. We give you honor and praise and thanksgiving for all you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I feel very compelled today by the Lord to minister unto you on this topic. Soul food. Soul food. Let's be clear about something we read in those passages of Scripture there is a divine connection between our soul and his spirit. His breath, he breathed and we became. He breathed and we became. Everything else that God created, he created and it was what it was. When it came to the human being, he breathed and we became. What that means is we came directly from God. We didn't come from anything else. We came from God. Acts chapter 17 verse 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. We, we have to start looking at some of the things that we overlook oftentimes. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. For by him, talking about Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. If you were in class Thursday night, you understand before anything was created, God existed. Before anything was made known unto anyone, God exists. And so for, for God to exist when there was nothing, you got to realize God is everything. Because how can you exist when there is nothing? And then certainly after a while there became some things. In order for things to come when you existed all by yourself. It means everything came by Him. 
There is nothing that is here in this world or outside of this world that we can see that did not come by God. Everything consists in Him. And so if we're going to ever understand who we are, if we're going to ever understand what God is requiring of us, we have to know where did we come from and where are we today. Everything consists in Him. Our soul came directly from God. Understand this. You are made up of body, physical, spirit, breath, and soul. That's who you are as an individual here this morning. Body, spirit, which is God's breath, and soul. That's who we are. Our soul is our person. It is more who we are than any part of our existence. How can you say that, preacher? I'll tell you in a second. When one die... Your body, which came from dirt, decays. Your breath, go back from whence it came. Where did it come from? He went. So when you die, it means the breath that was in you keeping you living went back to who gave it to you. Your flesh, it decayed because it's dirt. What does that leave? And why is the soul left? Because anything that comes from God is eternal. I told you that before. Whatever comes from God is eternal. Why? Because God is an eternal God. Everything else in this world didn't come from Him. He created them, but they didn't come from Him. But we who are here this morning, we came from God. And if we come from God, and God is an eternal God, then our soul is an eternal soul. And we must find out about this soul. Our soul is our desires, our appetites, our emotion and passion. Our soul is, is, is really who we are. It is the life in our body, the life of the human being, the central part of the human being, the center of the human being. That's what our soul is. And so, somehow we find ourselves not paying a whole lot of attention to our soul. Maybe because we can't see our soul that we, we pay a lot of attention to other things and, ne- and we neglect our soul because we can't see our soul because our soul is, is not visible. And so we pay more attention to uh, you know the body, the physical part, the, the part that we can see. We pay a lot of attention to that. But the soul we don't pay any attention to because we can't see our soul. 
But I'm here to tell you this morning, God wants you to know that we must pay attention to our soul. God wants you to know that our soul that we don't see, we need to begin to pay attention. We need to be more attentive to our soul because our soul is eternal. Our soul will live forever. Our soul is who we are and it will determine what we do. Our soul will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because our soul is essentially who we really are, we need to pay more attention to it. We need to put more emphasis on our soul. We need to realize that we have to treat our soul with care. We need to treat our soul with care. Now listen to this. Because our soul originated initially came from God. Guess what? It is pure. (laughs) Because our soul came from God, it is undefiled. Because our soul came from God, it is not tainted. It is untainted. Because our soul came from God, it produces right emotions. Because our soul came from God, it produces godly passion and godly appetite. But now today we look at our life and we say, why aren't we projecting godly passions? Why aren't we projecting godly appetites? Why aren't we projecting godly emotions? When our soul came from God, it was undefiled, it was pure, and today we can't get ourselves to do right. We can't get ourselves to live right. We can't get ourselves to be godly. We can't get ourselves to walk in righteousness. Why? When the soul came from God, untainted. Untainted. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, we, 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 it was untainted. It was pure. And today we're struggling to worship God. We're struggling to praise God. We come into the house of the Lord and we better come with our A game for you to praise God. But if you really, oh God, just allow the soul to be cleansed and, and allow the soul to go back to where it came and begin to let the soul do what it's supposed to do. We wouldn't have a problem lifting our hands. We wouldn't have a problem letting our voices out to say, Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I adore you. The soul will move you to praise him. The soul will move you to worship him. The soul will move you to give him honor. The soul will move you to live right. The soul will move you to act right and to talk right, but it's tainted. It's the file. We've got to check on the soul and stop letting it be by itself and let it die on us. We need to get our soul right. Let me tell you this. Adam and Eve's soul was pure. It was undefiled. It it, it, it had right emotions, godly emotions coming from it. There was nothing wrong with their soul. They were fine in the garden. You know, I will tell you this. Uh, One can only be tempted by what's already in his heart. 
which is essentially your soul. The devil can't make us do something if it's not already in our heart. Uh huh. Uh huh. You have proof of that, preacher? Sure, I got proof. Look at the proof that I have. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw, she looked. She saw that the tree was good for food. Somebody say good for food. Who saw it? Uh huh. Uh huh. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. What did she do? Look, it was pleasant. Good for food is pleasant. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat. So here's how it go. The soul was pure. The soul was not tainted. The devil wasn't even messing with them. But she strutted around the garden. And she strutted around the garden. And she started looking a little hard on the tree. And maybe she passed by the tree every day. Look a little more. Because you and I know that if there's something that's pulling our attention, it just don't get it all at once. It it shows up a little bit like, hi, I'm over here. And you do a little, uh, okay, Mm. may you feel a little something. So you say, let me get away from that. But depending on how your day going, maybe you didn't seek the Lord that day. You just said your old regular, you know, just not even really pray, but said some words. You go back this way. Yeah. And before you know it, you just keep on doing it because there's something now about it. The devil wasn't tempting Eve at that time while she was checking the tree out. As a matter of fact, the devil might have been checking her out, checking the tree out. Oh, somebody help me this morning. We want to put everything on the devil, but the devil wasn't, he wasn't the one that brought it to her attention. She was drawn to it. And she was checking it out. And the devil just kept on watching. Mm, she got some interest in that tree. That very tree that God said, don't, don't, don't eat from it. Uh, let, me, let me work with that. And so that's when the devil began to talk to her. Talk to her. And because she already was checking it out, he was able to get her to just take and eat. It's not because he introduced this to her. It's not because he had this power to make her. No, 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 no. She was checking it out. He realized it and he saw a way he can get in. And so he did. That's how he's doing all of us. Still, he never changes his tactics. He watching you check out whatever you're checking out. And if he thinks that he can get it to turn and become ungodly, if he thinks that he can get you to turn and rebel against God, if he thinks that he can get you to do your thing and not God thing, he's going to stay right there and try to work with you on that. He's going to try to lead you to do that. He's going to try to set you up to do that. And because he knows that you had a desire already for it, it can't be that hard for him. He just keep working that angle and keep working the angle until either you get mad and say, I might as well, I don't care. Or you just have a place where you are at where you say, I just got to do it. And you justify it. But it's because you already had it in your heart. 
God didn't give you a soul that was tainted. We tainted our souls on our own. We, we allow our souls to become defiled. It wasn't God and it wasn't the devil. Uh, let me tell you this. Doubt and skepticism creeped in to what God told Adam and what Adam told Eve. Doubt and skepticism was at work. Remember, I told you of all God's attributes, the one we doubt the most is his love. As much as we talk about love more than anything else, when we talk about God, we love to talk about how he loves us. And we talk about it the most, but guess what? We doubt that the most. Oh. Uh-huh. All right. I know you're waiting on me. You're waiting on me. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah. We, we talk about how God loves us. We talk about how he died for us. We talk about how much he cares for us. Me, I talk about how we're the apple of his eye. But we still are doubting God. Adam, of every tree, freely eat. But that tree, no. Adam was doubting what God told him. That's where it started. Adam was doubting. He wasn't strong on it. When his wife decided to go that direction, he wasn't strong on it so he couldn't stop her. Why why didn't Adam say something? Because he wasn't really convinced the way he needed to be convinced that God said don't touch it and God knows what he's talking about and God loves us so much that he's telling us something that's good for us. We think when somebody loves us, no means they don't love us no more. Come on somebody and help me in here. When God said he loves, it doesn't mean he can't tell you no. When God said he loves, he don't mean he's going to tell you everything you want to hear. When he said he loves you, it means he will do whatever necessary to make sure the best is done for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know what that means? You know what love means? I will sacrifice whatever needs necessary in righteousness to do what will be pleasing and what will be just and what will be right for you. That's what love is. So we like to say love, that emotion thing, Tony. We want to feel good about it. But God showed us what love is. God, as a spirit, came to this earth so we can see him, behold him, so he can have flesh and blood to die for us. He had to go through metamorphosis. He had to be transformed to become human so he can die for our sins, so he can be seen. He went through all of that. He did whatever was necessary To please the object of his love. And so when we have a stopping point, 
for the people we love. We're not exercising the love God is talking about. We're exercising the love that we want to call love. But when we say we love, we will exercise the love that God has demonstrated, which is do whatever necessary in righteousness to please the object of your love. We fold the pit too quick when things get hard. We start going in the wrong direction when things get challenging. But I'm here to tell you this morning, somebody needs to say, come hell or high water, whatever God says, that's what he means. Whatever God tells us, it's because of his love. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to believe it. And I won't doubt it. I won't doubt it. I won't doubt it. He said it out of love. He did it out of love. I won't doubt it. We get so worked up when things get hard. That can't be love. That can't be God. Why? Because it's difficult. The only reason why it's difficult is because you kept living like you wanted for so long. If you would have started out living for God from the very beginning, nothing would be difficult when it comes down to the things of God because you would have been familiar with it. It would be right in your wheelhouse. It would be just how you do. But when we came out the womb, we started living how we want. And we did that for years and years. And so now here comes, uh, oh, I know now Jesus has called us to be saved. Uh, I know now uh, we need to be born again uh, of the water of the Spirit. Uh, I know now we got to live right, walk right, uh, and be right. I know now. And so now the challenge starts. And we're calling this hard. Why? Because you started living the way you wanted to live for a long time. That same thing that worked on Adam is working on many of us this morning. What's that same thing? Doubt. Doubt. You're doubting what God says. You're doubting what God says. You can say, no, I'm not doubting. Yes, you are doubting. Because if you didn't doubt, you would be doing it. If you didn't doubt, you would know uh, this is going to lead me in the right place. Uh, If you weren't doubting, uh, you would do it because you would know uh, it is what's best for me. Uh, Whatever you're not doing, uh, there is some doubt in it because uh, you would do it if you didn't doubt. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, your desire got messed up. Your soul got tainted. Your soul started getting defiled because you doubted. You doubted because you wanted something different from what God wanted. And so you doubt. Listen to me. Doubt is the father of sin. And skepticism is the mother of of transgression. Doubt <laughs> is the father of sin. And skepticism is the mother of transgression. D- do you want to take a look at it? Adam doubted. He sinned. Did you know Eve didn't sin? Did we need to mess with that? No, Eve didn't sin. Eve disobeyed her husband. This is why the structure is set up now. We're like, I ain't listening to no man. I 
I'm just, I'm, I can work like he can work. He ain't going to tell me what to do. Well, you better go back and check with Eve and check with the Lord. Ask him why he had the structure like that. Because when the man first told the woman, don't mess with the tree. God told me, don't mess with the tree. Don't mess with the tree. You know what she did? She messed with the tree anyhow. So the Lord says, from now on, you will be submitted to your husband. He gets the last word. Whether you like it or not, and when you don't listen to your husband, you live in a state of disobedience, and I will not answer your prayers, lady. We can't get around God. I'm just telling you, man. We, 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 we think we're smart. I know we're smart. We're the smartest thing in this world. Nothing smarter than us. Can't get around the master. And the bottom line is, you're wondering why in the world did Eve eat? Well, you know, y'all ladies. She was like, you know what? And she started. What, what do I tell people all the time? Women look at men and look at the possibilities. Men look at women and say, is that what it is? That's what I want. I don't care if she improve. I don't care if she do nothing extra. That right there, that's what I want. Check it out. Go and do your research in your mind. Start thinking about it in your mind. Huh, that can't be right. Yes. Women look at men and says, possibility. We can do something with that. Yeah, he hardworking. He came from good family. He seemed like a nice guy. He just ain't had the right one. That's what y'all say. You don't have to admit to it. That's what y'all say. The brother look. Her hair look nice. She look fine. She smell good. Ooh, he ain't checking she had a job. He ain't checking she knew how to cook. He ain't checking she knew how to clean the house. He ain't checking none of that. All he looking at body and shape. He looking at look what she look in the face, how she smells, and that's it. And she never do nothing else. That's it right there. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. And so women always have some skepticism. Men, our, our situation is still today. I don't know, man. You say something amongst some men, you know, you get something that say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get a couple that walk away and they walk home to the car. They walk into the car. Yeah, I hear that, but I don't know. Men always challenging something. They doubting. That's what Adam did. It wasn't the devil. Get, forget about the devil. He still don't have no power today. It wasn't him that got the man to mess up. It was the man doubting whether God was on point or not. And when the man started doubting God, his soul started getting tainted. His soul started getting defiled. And guess what? Because his stuff was getting all messed up, he couldn't pay enough attention to the woman that he's supposed to pay attention to. Because guess what? He was so messed up that she just wandered off. And here she goes, skepticism. Hell, it's, it, I like that tree. What are they talking about? That tree don't look like it's bad. It looks like it's a good tree. And so they disobeyed God, rebelled against God, soul got tainted. And, and so today we have a soul in us. That's who we are. Our soul is who we are. And that soul is tainted. It's defiled. It's messed up. It's ungodly. And that's why we can't worship the Lord the way we need to. That's why we can't come to church as freely as we are supposed to. That's why we can't do the things that we know we should do. It's because our soul, who we are as a person, is not allowing us to do it because it's so messed up. It's so tainted. It's so just, just can't get ahead that we can't 
can't move in God. And God is trying to get our attention. Uh, God is trying to get our attention. Uh, how you know that, preacher? Because even when Adam and Eve sinned uh, and, 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 and they got messed up and they soul got tainted, uh, they said they heard the voice of the Lord coming in the cool of the day. Uh, Adam, where art thou? Uh, Adam, where art thou? Uh, as messed up as we are, uh, as tainted as we are, uh, as ungodly as we are, uh, God is still trailing us saying, uh, hey, brother, oh, brother, come here. Uh, hey, sister, come here. Uh, I need to help you. Come on over here. And we're going in our own way, hiding from God. When you can't come to church, your soul is tainted. You're hiding from God. Don't even make up no excuse about why you didn't come. Just say, yeah, my soul is not right. And it caused me to say, I ain't going to church today. Because if your soul is right, I will show you before I get done today. If your soul is pure and your soul have holy desires and your soul have righteous desires, no matter what's going on, you got to go to the king. you got to go before the Lord if your soul is right. But when our soul is messed up, we hide from God. We got scriptures for it. And even when we come to church, we hide from God. Uh Uh-huh. 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 God wants to help us today because our soul is messed up. Our soul is hurting. Our soul is is the file. And if we're going to be ready when Jesus come back, if we're going to be ready, I'm telling you, church, Jesus Christ is coming back. Jesus Christ says, I am coming back for my church. He's not coming back for you as an individual. He's coming back for the people that will be called out and separated from all the things of this world that will sanctify themselves and be be joined with him and live for him. He's coming back for a church without spot, without wrinkle, any such thing. He's not coming back for you because you're good. He's coming back for a church. He's already built the church. He's still putting the final touches on it. But he's coming back for his church. He can come back any day now because we're living in the dispensation in which he's coming back. He can come any day now. If we're not born again, we need to, we need to be born again. Oh my God, I can't even picture the day when he told Noah, get all the animals in the ark, get in the ark, and he had Noah preaching for 120 years. For 120 years, he had Noah preaching. Get right, get right, get right, get right. And they laughed at Noah, crazy man. Look at the crazy old man preaching about it's going to rain. He done lost his mind. How's it going to rain? We ain't never saw rain coming from the sky. What is he talking about? And so for all those years, he just kept on preaching. It's going to rain, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. And they just ignored him and thought he was an old crazy man until it rained. Then they ran towards the ark. You notice that Noah didn't shut the ark's door, right? The Lord shut the ark. Not Noah, because Noah would be like us. My auntie, I, I, I asked about that. I don't know if it was... I don't know where I was. Probably was the prison. I don't know where I was. No, yesterday. I don't know. And I asked, did we ever think that Noah had sisters or brothers? Did we ever thought about that? That he might have had niece and nephews? But only eight people got saved. Noah, his four sons, their wives, and his wife. Eight people got saved. 
What happened to Noah if he had sisters? What happened to his sisters? What happened to his, his, his brothers? What about nieces and nephews? Were they present? What about the pregnant lady? Because we don't, we, we, we don't understand how God mind operate. And so we come up with these theories, theories, and, 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 and start to work them and thinking that that's legit to go with it and believe it because, hey, this makes sense. And, and, and I, I, I think this is right when you don't understand the mind of God and God only cares about you obeying him, not your theories, not how you want to operate, not what you think. I don't care how you want to justify it. I don't care how much it makes sense to you. You aren't God. You don't understand how God do things. Remember I told you this God creating us because of love is the second reason why he created us. Remember that? So for those of you that weren't here Thursday, I told them that God creating us the first reason wasn't because he was lonely and he needed some companionship and he needed people. He existed. We don't know how long God existed because he always existed without anything or anyone. Why all of a sudden I got to create some people? Why all of a sudden he got to create when he existed all by himself? Awesome. I got some good students. I got some students over here. They said God created because he imposed a law on himself. What's the law that God imposed on himself? He imposed it on himself. He imposed a law upon himself that says existence demands justification. Right. <laughs> Brother Wood, that's deep. You're a scientist, so you know exactly how that, what that must mean. Everything that exists must exist for a purpose. God existed and had no purpose. What? What? Yes, he did. He exists. There was nothing going on. Nothing. He just exists all by himself. What purpose was he if nothing was here? He was here all by himself, existing. What sense do that make? Just here by himself. So we like to say, because we always want to feel good. Oh, so he had to create us so he can have someone to talk to. And to, and, and to commune with. Well, how long did he exist without that? He could have kept on existing without that. Right. No, he had to justify his existence. That's why we're here. He had to justify his existence. He had to say, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm here for a purpose. And what did I say Thursday? If the almighty God imposes that law on himself, that he has to justify his existence, what about me and you? Ooh, how do you justify your reasons for existing? All right, let's move on. Their soul got tainted so bad that they became afraid of the one who created them, the one who loved them. Why would we run away from God? Why would, listen, listen, let me, every once in a while I just talk to myself so I can sound crazy. Why would I not want to be close to God? Why would I not want to go to church? 
Listen, my mom loves me. I know my mom loves me. I know she do. She don't even scratch the surface of how much God loved me. Uh, uh, uh. Same for you. Whoever you think that loves you the most, they don't love you even a little bit the way God loves you. So if that's true, why would I ever, ever not want to be in his presence? Why would I ever not want to come together with everybody like-minded to praise him? Why would I ever? It makes no good sense. The only sense that it makes is I messed up my soul and I'm ashamed and I feel embarrassed and I don't even want to be around because I feel so bad. It's the only sense. Don't even take it no other place. That's really what it is. When we don't come, it's because our soul is messed up. Our soul is defiled. Our soul is hurting. Our soul is contaminated. And so we don't want to be in the presence of God because we're saying, God, I ain't right. I ain't right. But remember, God went after Adam and Eve. He said, you two, where are you? I want to feel you. Where are you? And we know God is asking them, where are they? Not because he didn't know. God is present everywhere. Yeah. He wanted them to know that he know what they did. Mm -hmm. You think God don't know what you did? Huh? You think you got away with it and God says, what did she do again? <laughs> All things consist in God. So God knows everything that's going on. Let me finish up here today. When we are hiding from God, it's because our soul is messed up. And God is calling us today to get that soul right. God is trying to talk to us today to get our soul right. He said, behold, all souls are mine, saith the Lord. All soul are mine. He can say it too. Remember we read in Genesis. And God breathed the breath of life into man's nostril. And they became a living soul. He can and he is right by saying all, all, all souls are mine. You belong to me because you came from me. You are not your own person. You came from me. You came from me. You can't do whatever you want. I own you. I know that's tough. Because we have, we have learned to do our own thing. And God is saying, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now, Thank God for the word sinneth. Somebody say, thank God for sinneth. You know what I mean by that? Sinneth means the soul that continue to rebel, to, to sin against God. If you continue, you will die. And not just die, destroyed. If you go and look up that word where that says die, it means to be destroyed. And so the soul that continues not the soul that was sinning and realized when you hear a message like today, oh, Lord, I got to get this thing together. Not that soul. He's talking about the one that says, yeah, I hear you, preacher, and just keep on living the way you want to live. 
That's the soul he's talking about. If that soul continue that way, that soul will die. Sin kills the soul. Rebellion against God kills the soul. That word sin, it means to continue and not stop sinning. It will eventually destroy you. Sin will eventually destroy you. Please don't doubt God's word. If he says the soul that sinneth, continue living the way you want and not the way God wants. He already said it, you will die. We can't make excuses for our sins. You know why God interrupted that quote that we read earlier in uh, Ezekiel 18, where it says, um, um, when it talks about the father um, eating sour grapes that set the children's teeth on edge. Remember that quote? What it was saying, what what they were saying in Israel was, the father's sin is passed down to the children. Yeah, I know we used to hear that stuff. Not legit. Not legit. Oh, I got your attention now. Sometimes we want to keep on living the way we want and say to ourselves, well, my mom, she was just a mess. I'm doing better than her, but it's the only reason why I'm living like this is because of all her mess. My dad, he was no good. And because of all his mess, that's why I'm dealing with all this stuff. I ain't as bad as him. Even though you see me not doing right, I'm not as bad as him. Right. The woman's saying, I'm not as bad as her. But it's just the way it is because of how they were. Jesus say nonsense. That's what he said back. That's what he was saying. He says, I'm going to stop you from using that proverb. That's ridiculous. He says, I'm not going to let the innocent pay for the guilty. You think children are going to be born and God is going to be like, oh, I got to let them pay because their father or mother was guilty. I know you're talking about, you're thinking, oh, I remember whole families was wiped out. Well, God is all knowing. You don't want to mess with God. He's all-knowing. And he knows that the whole family is going to be a mess. You don't know that, but he knows. So if he knows the whole family is going to be a mess, he'll get rid of that generation. So he knew they was going to sin before they even sinned. He knew they was going to be rebellious even though uh, it, it didn't happen right away. But an innocent child that's going to be who they are and seek the Lord, they're not going to pay for what their fathers did or what their mothers did. They're not paying for that. That's not the way it works. God says, I will not do that. Innocent, don't pay for the guilty. All soul are mine and the soul that's in it. You know what he said? The one that will live right, I will bless them. The one that will live foul and not and, and sin against me, they will die. It's up to us how we live. It has nothing to do with anybody else. So we can't make an excuse to say the reason why we're living like this, the reason why we're going through all of this stuff is because of what my mom did or because of what my daddy did. Now, let me tell you, all you got to do is live for God. Now, we will end up, if we're not living for God, repeat some of the mistakes and some of the things that our moms and dads did if we're not living for God. 
If you find yourself living and doing what your mama did or your daddy did, if you find yourself doing that, ask yourself, am I really living for God? Because if you're really living for God, you know what you do? You, you give your life to God. You start living for God. You be holy. You be righteous. You go in the right way. And it doesn't matter what mama did. It doesn't matter what daddy did. God's going to bless me and God's going to help me. I don't have to live like my mama lived. I don't have to live like my daddy live. All I need to do is live the way God said I need to live and I will be blessed indeed. I'm almost done. God says I got to do away with that because you all sinning and using it as an excuse. You don't know what I've been through. Jesus says you must be born again. Man, this is why when people want to say what's wrong with their life or I was born like this, Jesus said, you must be born again. I don't care what you was born with. I don't care what went on in your life when you was a little kid. Jesus said, you must be born again. And so, yes, when I was born as a child into this world, a lot of things went wrong. A lot of things happened to me. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it's countless things that happen. But God says, you know what? I understand this happened to you. I understand that happened to you. But what I'm telling you my son, what I'm telling you my daughter, you must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. You must be born again in order to enter into the kingdom of God. So if you become born again it doesn't matter what happened. The Bible says we become new creatures. All things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. We take born again For this regular old, no big deal. No. Whatever happened in your life that messed you up, God says, I can take care of that. You just got to be born again. I can take care of that. You just got to trust me. And so we don't have any reason to think that we're stuck. We don't have any reason to think that it won't work. We must be born again. Sin kills our soul. And what we have to do is be born again. We must be born again. How are we going to fix this soul problem? How are we going to fix this soul problem? We got to fix this soul problem that we're dealing with. And how are we going to fix this soul problem? To fix the soul problem, we need to go back to walking with God. We need to go back to walking with God. Before Adam and Eve allowed that situation to take place, and God's, they heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. It wasn't something new. It was something that happened all the time. God walked in the day with them. If we're going to fix this soul thing, we need to start walking with God. Whatever he tells us, because he loves us, we have to trust him and know it. We can't doubt it. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the cool of the garden, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. We usually only go for walks with people we care deeply for and love. When the last time you went for a walk with Jesus? When the last time you just went around the block, just you by yourself, not for exercise, but just to think about the goodness of the Lord? When the last time you just try to sit by yourself peacefully in quiet? 
because you just want to hear from the Lord. These are the things that's going to get our soul restored. These are the things that's going to get our soul back to where it belongs. Our soul belongs connected to God's spirit. I entitled this message today, Soul Food. Soul Food. And food, as we know, is supposed to be, we don't do it this way, but it's supposed to be nourishment. We eat because we just want to eat. We love to eat. I love to eat. I don't eat for nourishment. Leave that to some people. I like to eat. So I just got to try to watch how I eat. But when I, it's time to eat, I want to eat what I like to eat. Amen. Some people understand the principle of food is for nourishing of the body. Right? And it's supposed to nourish you. And it's supposed to give you energy. Right. You know what I mean? It's supposed to help you to grow. You know, it's supposed to just, you know, keep you strong. That's what food is supposed to do. But we eat food because, please, that tastes good. That don't taste good. I guarantee if we was in a situation where we couldn't do any better, we wouldn't care about taste. We would be eating it for what it's supposed to be for, nourishing of the body. And so that's what food is supposed to do. Well, the food of the Spirit of God, the food of spiritual things is supposed to do the same thing to your soul, Brother Bob. And so we have neglected the food the food that we're supposed to eat. We have neglected it. We have, we have not put any emphasis on eating the food that feeds the spirit. The food that will bless our hearts. The food that will get our, our, our soul right. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 the Bible says, And he humbled thee, talking about the children of Israel, God humbled them and suffered thee to hunger. And fed thee with manner which thou knewest not. Neither did they did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man, this is Deuteronomy, not Matthew, man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. God is so amazing that. When the children of Israel was in the wilderness, I'm done. He caused manna, bread, to come down from heaven and feed them. They ate bread that came down from heaven. They didn't know how that bread got there. They just know it fell from out of the sky. And they ate that manna, that bread, and their body was strengthened. And they felt good in their body, good food. But God is so amazing, John. You know what he was doing? He was telling them, the natural food that you're getting from heaven, I'm giving you a, a prelude of the spiritual food that will come from heaven as well. Listen, Jesus Christ is the bread of life. That's the only one that ever came out of heaven. And so the Bible is so amazing in how in Deuteronomy, God is feeding them bread coming down out of heaven, knowing the day was coming that he was going to feed them spiritual bread coming from out of heaven. Same place, different kind of food. One was for the body, this one is for the soul. Jesus Christ, the living word, he is food for the soul. Will you stand with me?
John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1 verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. The word became flesh. We are supposed to consume the word of God. It is the food that nourishes our soul. Listen to me. If you are not walking with God and taking this word to nourish your soul, your soul is deteriorating. Your soul is malnourished. Your soul is dying. Your soul, you can't see it, but your soul is not doing well. Remember what I said from the very beginning. All of who you really are is your soul, not your body, not the spirit that's in you that keeps you alive. Who you are is your soul. Ask people that are going through pain in their body. They wish they could get out of the body, but they're living, they're alert, and they know everything that's going on because the body is not who they are. Their soul is who they are. People that are having problems breathing, ask them, are they alert? And attentive to everything that's going on, even though they're struggling with their breathing. They are, because the soul is who you are. You can struggle with your breathing, you can struggle with sickness in your body, but you are so well aware of everything. It has nothing to do with who you are when you can't breathe, or if you can't uh, feel your strength in your body. That has nothing to do with your soul. Because your soul is who you are. It's time for us to take care of our soul and stop neglecting it. We're taking care of our body. We're taking care of, of, of the breath that's in us. We want to breathe. We want to make sure we feel good. Those of us that have asthma, we try to get treatment for the asthma because we want to breathe properly. So we're worried about our breathing. We're worried about our physical health. We're worried about our body being strong. And nobody has ever looked at the soul the very essence of who you are is so much more important than that physical outer structure and that breath that's in your body. That soul lives forever. God can't take it back. He can take back the breath. The body can go to the ground. He can't take back the soul. The soul got to live on someplace. The soul got to live on someplace. It's going to live in the presence of the Lord or it's going to live away from God in torment. The soul needs to be taken care of. And so I ask you today, I'm hoping that you will stop and realize I am talking to myself. I find myself, and probably that's why I ended up ministrating this message today, is because I get so frustrated sometimes with everything that's going on, and I just want to break. I just want to break, not for anything else, but just Jesus. I just want to break with Jesus. I get so frustrated sometimes, even when I try to take a break, I'm thinking about so many other things. 
I'm trying to take a break to just cling to my God. And all these thoughts are coming in. What you got to do for work tomorrow. The thing you got to do for that trip that next day. What you got to do this and what you got to do that. And this got to get fixed and that got to get fixed. And all of these things and you got to pay this bill. And you got to do all of these things is going through your mind when you're just trying to take a moment with you and your creator. And I believe that's the word that he's trying to get to us today. To get this soul back healthy. To get this soul back strong in preparation for his return. He is trying to get us to understand it's time to push aside the things that are just getting in the way. So you can get this soul refreshed. So you can get this soul revived. So you can get this soul renewed. This soul is so tainted and so messed up that we are not allowing it to get healthy again. I don't know about you and I'm just thinking if I'm going through all those thoughts running through my mind. My private time used to be in my bathroom. If you know me long enough, you know a lot of time I spend in the bathroom. My family used to it and now they're starting to do it. I'm like, look at this. I used to spend an hour, hour and a half in the bathroom. I know what I'm doing. That's, that, that, that's my time with Jesus. But now even Jordan trying to, now Jordan sit on the toilet with his iPad. I can't tell. I can't help. I tell everything. So now he going to the bathroom and sitting in there for an hour. I'm like, yo, man, you're messing up my time with my Jesus. That's what I normally do. Now he going to the bathroom on his iPad. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. So now everybody taking a long time in the bathroom. I'm like, I started this. And so now I'm in the bathroom and I'm getting all these thoughts coming in. I feel like it's, it's, it, it's, 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 it's barging in, in my space with me and my God and I'm frustrated. I'm just telling you. I, I got to look at my soul. I want my soul to be healthy. I want my soul to be right. And the only way it's going to be right is me taking time out with me and my God. I don't want all this stuff coming in. I need God to refresh me, to renew me, to, to just make me pure again. I want my soul to be pure. I want my soul to be holy. I want my soul to be right in the presence of God. And the only way that's going to happen is by giving myself to Him. There's nothing else more important. Your soul, remember. I'll finish with this. Your soul was designed to stay connected to God. Of everything else that he created, there was only one thing that was created to stay connected. And we became. We are not without him. You can look at that in a lot of ways. We are not without him. We are everything with him. So you stop and look at that a little bit. You want to live however you want to live apart from him? You're just existing. No real purpose for existence. No real purpose for existence. And the only one that know the reason and can tell you your purpose for existing is the one that holds the key to everything. So you can't make up why you exist. Can't nobody tell me. I know I exist for this. Hmm. I know I exist for that. You better go back to Jesus and ask him why you exist. 
and how do you justify your existence? As I said Thursday, sometimes we sit, we don't praise God like we're supposed to. Can I just give you a little bit of insight? Praising God keeps you or puts you on the road at least of justifying your existence. Amen. <laughs> Think about that. If, 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 if I wake up every day and I set my mind to praising God, I can justify that. We're going to get in the lesson on Thursday where you'll realize how that works. So if, if I praise God, it justifies my existence. Yes? Uh-huh. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But bow your heads. Won't you go to God? Just, just, just be open today. We're going to finish up in a second here. But I don't know how we do every time we come to church. I don't know where you are right now. But I'm asking you to respond to God's word concerning your soul. It needs to be fed. It needs to become healthy. It is tainted. It is in a bad place. And we need to get our soul right that, oh my God, when we speak and when we act out, it will be the things of God because our soul is healthy. We're saying things that are wrong because our soul is messed up. We're doing things that are wrong because our soul is messed up. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we need your spirit, oh God, to wash over us today. We need the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us today. Lord, we can only be cleansed, we can only be purified by the washing of the word and by the cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so today, Lord God, we stand before you humbly. We understand how desperately we need you, Lord God. And Lord God, there's not one here standing today that don't need you. There is not one standing today, Lord God, that don't understand that if you don't do it, Lord God, it can never be done. We want to be purged. We want to be cleansed. We want to be washed. We want to be purified. We want righteousness to become our desire. We want holiness to be our passion. We want, Lord God, to have such right attitude, but we know it starts within our soul. And I pray today, Lord God, that every person under the sound of my voice will respond to the Word of God. That somebody will surrender their life to you. Somebody will repent of their sins. Somebody, Lord God, will turn from their ways that is ungodly, their ways that is destroying their soul and turn to you and say, God, today I look to you. Will you restore my soul? Will you renew my soul? Will you make my soul whole again, Lord God? Lord Jesus, we can't make it. We can't make it without this soul being cleansed and pure and being right, Lord God. I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that somebody will make up in their mind. Somebody will make up in their mind to serve you. Somebody will make up in their mind to live for you. Somebody, will you look to God? Will you put your eyes on Jesus? Will you put your heart towards Him? Forget about who is behind you. Forget about who is next to you. Forget about who is in front of you. Just put your hands to the heavens 
hands and lift your voice in your heart to the Lord and begin to talk to Him. This is the best time to talk to Jesus. There's no better time. There is no better place to talk to Jesus about your soul wanting and needing Him. My soul thirsts for Thee, O God. In a dry and thirsty land, my soul thirsts for Thee, O God. Somebody, I need the food, the spiritual food to feed my soul. Today, Lord God, I pray that You will touch hearts and mind, that You will touch soul and spirit, that You will touch, oh God, individuals today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I pray that the soul of every person in this room today, Lord God, will be cleansed. The soul of every person in this room will begin to cry out to you. And Lord, we will feed our soul the bread of life. We would feed 